What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we get into our second Black History Month episode. Okay, but before we get into the movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to ask you have you seen the Kong or God, Godzilla vs. Kong? Have you seen that trailer yet? No, you think I would have, but I haven't (laughs) watched a single trailer of it, but why? (laughs) Okay, no, that's fine that you haven't seen it, because when you watch it, I just watched it yesterday because I thought the same thing. I was like, why haven't I seen this yet? I had heard some people talking about it. I love to see me a good Godzilla fight. And so I watched the trailer, (laughs) but there's a part in it. Okay, when you watch it. You know, all of those trailers now have to have like intense music come into the trailer at some time. And it's like usually like a rap song because it's just it's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, they do that in this trailer. But there's a part where (laughs) where Godzilla is like climbing up onto a boat and the music starts to come in. But the rapper like the rappers like, you know, doing his like little intro into his verse so he's like uh yeah but the way that it's framed it looks like godzilla is rapping like it looks like (laughs) godzilla is about to start spitting flames because his mouth is open and all you hear is uh yeah uh and then the music is kicking in it's it made i had to i had to chuckle i was like i don't know about that editing choice i don't know maybe i'm the only one who thought this because i went to the comments because i watched it on youtube just to see if anybody else said anything and i didn't see anybody no one noticed it uh all right yeah i gotta look this up then yeah so homies if you guys haven't watched the trailer yet or you have already go back and watch that part and tell me it doesn't look like godzilla is about to go in (laughs) i i dare you i dare you to tell me it doesn't (laughs) but i mean as promised we have gotten or are getting progressively blacker as the (laughs) month goes on and i do think that this is a appropriate movie to make that next step into Mm because i mean this is a big this is a big film within horror culture especially for black people like this is this one's a big one like this is Mm. definitely one of those you kind of have to see it if you're a black person and you like horror movies i feel like it falls in that category i think so i think it's worth it's one of those movies where it's like it is a classic and should be viewed at least once Mm -hmm. um and just for fun i I will say going into this when we watched it, because the first time that we heard about this movie was when we, well, not the first time, but I guess the first time it got brought back into, at least for me, like my consciousness was when we watched the horror noir Mm -hmm. documentary, Mm -hmm. right? And to be quite honest, I never really thought I was going to watch it before we watched that. And then after watching it, I was like, I should watch, I should watch Blackula. 
spoiler yeah. in the title of the episode. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, we should, I should watch Black Hela sometimes. But I knew nothing going into this. I knew nothing about it besides the fact that he was an African prince mm-hmm. and became Black Hela. Like that's all I knew about it. Yeah, I feel. It's interesting to watch this movie in 2020, uh, 2021. It's, it's something. <laughs> Imagine my surprise. The twists and turns in this movie. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was on a racetrack. I was just, there was so much. Everything was going by in a blur. Every turn, I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> Wait, what's up now? <laughs> who's, who's doing what? With what? Who? It was just a lot. I, there was a lot more that happened in this movie than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I'm speech. I'm speech. I'm rendered speechless. <laughs> well, I'm now. I'm definitely excited to talk about this one. And uh, homies, I hope you're excited to kind of sit down here and talk about this too. Uh, this, I think, this will be an interesting discussion uh, because, again, this is a this is a very important movie within the timeline of black horror and the horror genre in general. So, um, getting to finally talk about it on the podcast is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm really excited to talk about this movie, um, and I'm excited to talk about also what is this? This is our We've we we are still fairly fresh on the vampire discussions. Yeah, I think this we is our second had, one. Mm-hmm. And I'm really really interested to talk about the way that <laughs> these the vampires were in this movie mm-hmm. because I think it's very interesting how vampire lore has like progressed over the years. Yeah, very true. Very Compared true. to what we get in in, in this one. Um, she's different. She's different. <laughs> she's the same. Like she's what you expect, but she's she's something else. <laughs> All right. Well, should we hop in then? Should we get started? Yes, please hit me with the plot. All right. Well, homies, as always, we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have officially been warned. However, we are talking about Blackula from 1972. So if you haven't seen it yet, are bad about the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Blackula, directed by William Crane, starring William Marshall, uh, Vonette McGee, and Thalmas Rasalala. In 1780, African prince Mama Walde and his wife Luva take a trip to Transylvania to enlist Count Dracula's help in ending the transatlantic slave trade. Unfortunately, the prince and his bride are ambushed by the count and his undead goons. The prince puts up a fight, but is taken down and turned into Blackula, the dark chocolate prince and sealed inside a coffin with his wife forced to look over him until death. Time skipped to 1972. A pair of eccentric interior designers purchased Dracula's estate, including Mama Walde's coffin. Back in LA, the pair open the coffin and find Blackula, pissed and mighty thirsty. Blackula drinks his fill, then hits the town where he runs into Tina, who strikes an eerie likeness to Mama Walde's late wife. 
He begins to court Tina, who falls victim to his charm. But Dr. Gordon Thomas, who is investigating the recent murders, notices an odd trend in the bodies Blackula is leaving around LA. Insert gangrene vampires, funky nightclubs, and Blackula kung fu here. Our film concludes in true Romeo and Juliet style with a tragic vampire twist. Also, if you see Nancy, Tell a big skillet's got something really groovy for her. Roll them credits, baby. <laughs> what? Who, why, who was Skillet? Who was Skillet? <laughs> who was Skillet? Skillet was that fool who kept walking into the nightclub scenes and just sat down for no reason. The one we got no context for, he just would show up and be like, hey, how y'all doing? Hey. Hey, that Blackula character, he's a real weird guy. He's a strange, he's a strange cat. I was like waiting to find out who Skillet was um, <laughs> because Blackula was bothered by Skillet's spirit. And I think he just really didn't like him as a person, which is fair. But it was just so funny to me because at first I was like, ooh, who is Skillet? Like, what does this mean? No, he was just annoying. He just annoyed mm. Blackula. And Blackula was like, I got to go. I got to get out of here. Um, yeah, he would just pop up. And I was like, sir, do you live at this club? Because <laughs> you keep slinking out of the shadows. You're always here. And you come and sit down and just ask for our champagne. He never orders anything for himself. He yeah, would sit he down just and slides say, in. He grabs the bottle, starts pouring himself a glass. Like, what's up, everybody? Yeah. And nobody's got a problem with him. That's the thing is they all love Big Skillet. And yeah. I'm very much curious as to why. <laughs> I would love a spinoff of Big Skillet. I would love to know more about this man. I would like to see him. <laughs> as a vampire i wish i was kind of hoping that he would get like bitten <laughs> and that but he would like still kind of be himself <laughs> and we would get to see him be a vampire but alas i don't think he did i didn't i was trying to see at the end when all those vampires popped out if one of them was him but i couldn't really tell <laughs> He just walks in like, what's up, baby? I'm what's here up? to suck your blood. Can I get some of that blood? But he would <laughs> pop up. He would wait until all the other vampires were already sucking someone's blood. And he'd be like, hey, y'all, can I just, can I slip in on that wrist and get a little taste? <laughs> be like, oh, my God. Um, okay, well, first of all, mm -hmm. my first thought after finishing this movie was Dracula is a buffoon. He is on jester behavior. He needed to be thrown away. Okay, hold on. What, so, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean by that? I'm trying to catch up with you. <laughs> what do you mean? Please elaborate for me. He's just so, just, uh, like he's corny. He is when, like, we're talking I, about we're talking about Dracula, right? In the beginning. We're talking about Dracula. Okay, yeah. On his bullshit. For the what two minutes that he's in this movie, mm -hmm. I and that's fine with me because Blackula is where it's at, right? Like yeah, he's of the he's the one you want to be. He is he is Mister Worldwide, the original. Um, <laughs> officially, Pit Pitbull has twenty four hours to respond to my claim. But we're Blackula's, counting Pitbull. We're, <laughs> we're we're counting on you. But no, like like he. It's just kind of corny, right? Like, when I first saw him, I said, oh, okay. Okay, Dracula. Because he doesn't really look like what 
Dracula, you know, like what you expect Dracula to look like. He just looks like a cheese ball. And then has the audacity (laughs) to smile in their faces and say, stop the slave trade. But why? (laughs) But why would I do that? And then says, I love how (laughs) I love how after because basically he says he says like, oh, if if it were up to me. I would buy your wife as a slave because she's so beautiful. Like if right. I could have someone that like looks as beautiful face. as your wife in his way, in his face. And I love how he goes. <laughs> I love how Mama Waldy's like, "Sir, are you ill?" And I said, "Oh, <laughs> so that's that's seventeen eighty four, bitch. Have you lost your damn mind?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, wait, what the fuck? Yo, for real, for real. I 100% agree. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even realize it was Dracula until I like had to rewind and then catch up because like, <laughs> I feel like the first, the at the beginning of this movie, they're giving you a lot of information really quickly. And I don't know if anyone else was like this, but I definitely had to take it back a step and be like, what did they just say? Cause I needed to catch up on everything. And yeah, when he did, when he did that line, I kind of lost it too. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I felt like the kids in the classroom when somebody, when somebody goes off and everybody goes like, Ooh, <laughs> like Dude, it's about to go down. Oh my God. I was like, yes, it was the way that he said it, the intention behind it. I couldn't. I was I was floored. And so yeah, so then so then all of a sudden everything's popping off. When those people when those men ran in there and jumped him <laughs> they started they started punching at each other. Oh my god. I was like, wait, what's up? What's going on? And so then we get and then Dracula like walks up and he's like, ha, ha, like laughing in the background <laughs> and the camera cuts over to him. And all of a sudden he's just like just has vampire women just draped around his shoulders. Just yeah. five, six vampire women. Half of them look like Ashy Larry. Half of them look like uh, the Gross Sisters from the Proud Family. Like they <laughs> no, all... not the Gross Sisters. <laughs> no, 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 no. Am I wrong? Some of them are blue. Some of them are ashy. Some of them are green. They had no scheme for these vampires. They said, just put the whole... We're going to go Roy G. Biv on all oh, the vampires no. today. I said, but I just didn't... That was something I wasn't expecting. I thought that they were going to look the same. <laughs> and they did not. They didn't. They did not. <laughs> they. You are right. They did not. I just wasn't expecting to see all of those vampires. All, like, everything just popped, like, went so fast. Yeah. From it being calm, cool, and collected, and everybody having a good time, to now, like... It's like a bar fight in a vampire castle. Yeah. <laughs> basically all and so yeah that's how i guess i wasn't expecting that to be like the origin of blackula like the idea that they were betrayed and he you know they're like african royalty and Mm -hmm. they and now he's basically enslaved now to a life of what Dracula tells him, he's like, you're cursed now to a yeah. life of, like, bloodthirst. And, and yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't expecting that to be the way that it 
began. And then to go from that, because that's actually a pretty like intense thing for him to have gone from that to trapped now. And his wife is just like left in this crypt to to hear her husband cry basically until she starves to death. And we go from that to like, a funky 70s intro right. <laughs> and there's like banana, 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 and there's like all this music playing and i was like whoa i'm i have whiplash i am <laughs> i am confused <laughs> that was real quick before before we move past the whole dracula bit though i 100 yeah. agree that dracula was mad whack in this um two things mm-hmm. thing number one is why after he bites mama waldy does he have that Denzel tear that's like half tear, <laughs> half blood? Why are you crying all of a sudden? Like you're crying, yeah. you're crying, but you're smiling. You're giving me a lot of mixed messages right now. I already don't like you. Like I need you to pick one. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. It was so that. <laughs> distracting, dude. I couldn't look away from it. Like I, I barely heard what he was saying because the whole time I'm sitting there like, why are you crying? I don't, I don't understand. Like you won. Like where yeah. where is this tear coming from? No, I was I was also focused on that bloody tear for a lot for the majority of his speech. And, and, and it's I said it that's changed because it was like at, at one point it was tear, but then at another point it'd be blood, and then like at some <laughs> point they just decided to combine the two, yeah. and then it was a tear of blood. Yeah, and I was like what is going so it was on? Like right? Really watery. It just looked like really watery, like ketchup, kind of like in the crevice <laughs> of his eye. Yeah, that was bizarre. It was just that kind of out of nowhere. I was, and and at first I was like, oh well, maybe that's a thing that happens like after vampires feed. Maybe it's just like a blood, like <laughs> an expression of blood comes out of all of their like all of their orifices or something. But it doesn't happen any other time in the movie. No, it's just I guess- one fucking scene. <laughs> Jackal like- was just super passionate about what he said. <laughs> but all right, so that's part one, and then part two is the audacity of this man to be like, I'm going to curse you with my name and then name him fucking Blackula. If that ain't a racist slap to the face, if I've ever seen one, here's the thing, right? Is like the name Blackula is fine. Like the name's cool. Like I hear Blackula and I'm like, fuck yeah, fuck Dracula. I want to be Blackula. Like I like the name, but I don't like how it was given. Like that to me seemed like a slap. Yeah, it was for sure. Cause he's like, oh, my name's super cool. Um, I'm just gonna add black to the beginning of my name. Now that's your name. I'm renaming you from your amazing, like royal name. Mm-hmm. Now you're Blackula. Yeah, and the way that he said it, I was like, ugh. Also, so something that I find interesting about Dracula quote unquote like cursing blackula with his name mm-hmm. is that because as as like silly and funky and ridiculous as this movie can be and at certain moments i do think that mama walde is like a a, a fairly tragic character and that there is this underlying you know plot about slavery and black people being enslaved mm-hmm. and I just think that it's interesting that Dracula took it upon himself to give him like this, what he considers a derogatory name. I curse you with my name. You shall be Blackula Vampire. 
Because yeah. I, that is something that they did with slaves is that they would strip them of their their identity, their self, no longer call them their given name, right. but call them, you know, whatever they've wanted to. And Mama Walde is, you know, his African name. And mm. Dracula is like, uh-uh. like, I'm taking that from you and I'm giving you basically a variation of myself. And if you really sit with it and analyze that part of it, like the slavery undertones of it, there mm-hmm. is a lot there. And the name, you're right, the name thing is huge because getting your name stripped from you in and of itself is a bit of a curse, right? Because in actual slavery, that curse resonates with a lot of people to this day. Like a lot of people have last names or names that are not attached to their actual origin, but were given to them or given to their ancestors a long ass time ago. And yet it's still sticking with them today here in present time. Like that sounds like a curse to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like you're for a lot of people, a name is an identity You know, and I think that's why for different people, you know, sometimes they don't want to keep their name or, you know, if you're going through some like a transition, for instance, you want to choose. You're like, this person is not who I am. This name's not who I am. I'm going to choose something that fits me. And the Mm -hmm. fact that he didn't even get that choice and Dracula was like, all the disrespect on your name. (laughs) You are Blackula. I just think Dracula that Dracula was I on just, his bullshit. This oh <laughs> he really God. was. What a goof! I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and then we're in present day where you know they're they're selling his house, and I guess Transylvania is now in a travel Los destination. <laughs> yeah, I don't. So I guess what? So they did they travel to Transylvania and get that stuff? Because I was confused. I thought they were buying the house. I think they did. So from my understanding is that the two, uh, uh, what are their names? Uh, Bobby and Billy. Bobby and Billy. Yeah, Bobby <laughs> and Billy. So they're, in t- I guess they're interior decorators or designers or whatever, but they go and they buy his estate. But by buying his estate, they also get everything that's in the building. So it seems like they took all the all the furniture, everything that Dracula left behind, and then shipped all of it back to Los Angeles, where I'm assuming they're planning to pawn it off to different people or keep some of it for themselves. That's that's right. what I assumed was going to happen. I uh, know, yeah. It definitely seems like they were yeah, they were definitely trying to sell all of that stuff they had because they were saying wondering how much money they'd be able to make off of it. Um so, yeah, so we have Bobby and Billy, which are their characters that yeah, they are definitely they are, characters. They are characters. And this is like a thing where I think because this of the genre specifically that this movie is that they treated these characters. I mean, I know it's partly of the time, but even that, like the way these characters are treated because they Bobby and Billy are a couple is a lot. <laughs> it's just a, it's mm-hmm. just a lot. There's a lot going on and it gets brought up quite often like they're called slurs uh, quite often throughout the film which was another thing that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Um I mean, I don't think we really need to beat around the bush of that. This movie in the homophobic aspect did not age well. It aged like milk, if I'm <laughs> being honest. <laughs> 
she <laughs> she is expired in that regard, at least with the way that these characters are talked about, treated, acted. It's it's, it's over the top. Like. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, though. It's it's one of those things that unfortunately I think plagues a lot of films from this area era especially ones that fall in this category too mm-hmm. of it people were not very understanding and the way i feel as if the brazen way with which these characters approach that subject is very much a mirror to how it probably was during that time i uh, wasn't there myself so did not get to experience it but based on what we've seen and the bit that we have seen us who haven't been there it seems like it wasn't a very understanding time for people that were homosexual or mm-hmm. anything other than the norm mm-hmm. and it it's not a surprise to me that there are these kind of homophobic notions within like a black exploitation movie. It, it it just didn't necessarily strike me off guard. Like I, I, as soon as they started getting into it, I was like, yep, I'd imagine that this would be in this movie. Um, right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those things that unfortunately in order to get through this movie, you have to kind of overlook that, which Yes, I get it in 2021. You want to call this shit out. And it is what it is. Um, But the fact of the matter is, it's in this movie. Be wary of it. Um, I would love to see a cut of this movie with all that taken out. But it doesn't exist. So we kind of have to go with what we got here. Yeah. Yeah. Just be aware that it happens. Because that's like I said, I went into this movie not knowing anything about it. So this whole plot line of theirs was something I was like, oh, what? okay is this what we're doing um so yeah just be aware it's in there but bobby and billy end up being (laughs) being his blackula's first victims okay so the way what i've william right william is the name of the actor that plays black black right yeah okay the way that he plays blackula when blackula is not biting in his vampire state is you know I love. He's like so regal. He's so like he's very educated. He holds himself to with great poise. His voice is like deep and velvety. And then he (laughs) and then he has to bite someone. And the thing that he does with his mouth and the like, like the the noises (laughs) that he (laughs) makes. You know what I mean? How he's like, and like, but okay, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. Yes, you're right. But let's not pretend that this wasn't like 90% of vampires at that time, though. This is just that's how they played vampires back then (laughs) is these is these body like, like they're like they all do it. Even all the other vampires in this movie have these ridiculous little chomper moments where they're like, yum, 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 yum. It's everybody. But it's just so funny. The switch that he makes like how different <laughs> he, he is like it, not so much in this one because as soon as he gets out of the coffin he's like ready to rock he mm-hmm. like immediately is vampire he like bites them right away he like gets in a very very long long fight with bobby where bobby's like falling over barrels and stuff and i was like 
Hast thou heard of a cut, director? (laughs) (laughs) Do we need to watch him fall over these barrels? But yeah, like, he's immediately a vampire. But it's just funny, like, later on when he's like talking and he's all suave and debonair and then it goes I'm and specifically I'm thinking of when he bites the the taxi driver uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like talking to her and he's all you know cool calm and collected and then all of a sudden he's wearing his fangs and he's like it's funny it is funny it is funny i think it's it stands out even more on him specifically because (laughs) he's because he's so good and that and and that's like i think that's a big thing to like preface this with is uh his portrayal of blackula i thought was fabulous like i do think Mm -hmm. that he was the man for the job um and when he's playing non nya 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 uh blackula <laughs> he brings such a commanding presence to the character um he's got the suave he's got the sexy he's got the swagger he's got all the stuff that you want from black dracula he's he's dracula but cool you know mm-hmm. like and he, and he plays it very very well yeah, he's the Dracula that you want to be. Like, yeah. if you have to be a Dracula, you're like, I, well, I want to be Blackula because he's just like a cool cat. And so, and I will say one of my favorite instances of him being like full Blackula is the scene um, uh, with the, the lady from the club where he like breaks into her house. I loved that scene. I thought that was really cool. And they do that shot of him like, he like floats at her mm-hmm. <laughs> with his like arms raised up and like j- almost like jumps on her. Yeah. Um, that whole sequence was super cool. And I thought that that was like a great instance of him being like a like the dope. vampire, the Blackula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's, and I think that's one of those things that like it's this weird line that they had to tread, right? Because we're, what is, what is this movie? This movie is Black Dracula. And these kind of things that look corny to us now, these cheesy vampire tropes that are attached to the OG Dracula, they definitely want wanted to incorporate those within this film because it's part of the it's part of the mythos of this character, right? If you're mm-hmm. going to create Black Dracula, he still he has to have the cape, right? They even do a whole bit of him donning the cape. The, the iconic Dracula cape, that scene where he's in the warehouse after he's eaten them mm-hmm. and we get we get him doing the turn and he puts on that cape with such swagger. Like he really oh, yeah. does. He like I'm surprised he didn't just reach up to his shoulder and brush it off real quick after <laughs> he popped that thing on. Like he looked yeah. so good in that damn cape. And yeah, that scene you're talking about when he like floats over, he does like the arms extended with the cape kind of flowing so it looks like bat wings and it's very dramatic and over the top and i think it looks great for looks, you know what yeah. it is oh yeah i think it, to be fair a lot of the effects in this movie actually look really good mm-hmm. like that looked good when he turns into a bat i that looked good i was like oh whoa first of all i wasn't expecting him to turn into a bat mm-hmm. um especially but, for the time too and that was yeah, the thing is i i was for the budget yeah, I was able to. It's sometimes hard for me to separate the you know tech of these 
now considered classic movies versus the tech that we have today. But watching through this one, I already knew that it was going to feel dated in a lot of aspects. So I was able to kind of dial back my uh, my want for effects and whatnot. And it wasn't, there were, outside of the vampires all just looking ashy, like <laughs> a lot, a lot of the effects were okay for me and like you said they had a smaller budget too so that's a huge thing to take into consideration when seeing this is it had a small budget but they managed to make a vampire film you know yeah and i mean like it you can yeah there are certain aspects where you're like okay yeah obviously they didn't have but at the same time i wouldn't i i think they did so well with what they had that Mm -hmm. If I didn't know that this was an exploitation film, I wouldn't necessarily know that it probably had a low budget. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, because it, they do a very, very good job. There's like a lot of instances where there's like, you know, there's big crowds. So it looks like there's like a lot of extras, whether those people were really just people on the street or not. I don't know. But like and the effects look good. The the acting, I enjoyed the acting like. You know, there's just a lot of instances where I was like, this is a well done movie, even though it's an exploitation movie like it. It's good. And I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed watching those moments as silly as some of them are. I still think that they were effective, you know, um, like the ending bit where they're having the fight. Not like the full any bit, but where they're in the warehouse and all the vampires come out and they're just like throwing like lamps at them <laughs> and everybody's bursting into flames. That looks pretty cool. Like yeah. it, it, they obviously did fire stunts and all of that stuff, and it looks good. Um, you know, even though for, like for, for seventies movie, it, for, for what it for is, yeah. I mean, ob- yeah, obviously, if it were now. And someone tried to do that now, we would say, oh, my God, that looks awful. But for a 70s movie, I think it looks pretty, pretty good. You know what? You know what? I just couldn't get past. though. this is this is real shit real quick. Like, I, I want to mention this before I forget it. Um, I, I love the performance that William gave as Blackula. And I thought it was a super cool character, man. Hella suave and all this shit. But the one thing I couldn't get over, I, re- I really couldn't get over it, is every time he would transform... And then all of a sudden he would just have these vampire mutton chops, bro. Like what were those patches <laughs> on my man's cheeks every time look, he look. became Blackula? Because when he was normal, he didn't have that fuzz there. It was like this weird, like every time he's yeah. about to bite somebody, he just instantly grows the other part of his beard. Like what the fuck? <laughs> they did my man dirty. And then because the, then they contoured his face with green. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what is this now? What happened to him? And like, yeah, they did him dirty. I don't know why they, I, I feel like they were like, oh, we want to make him look vampire-y without going like full blown makeup like they did with everybody else. But he almost, it almost looks a, like more ridiculous that it's like half of his face is <laughs> is different now. Yeah. I was like, wait, that it, was a cho- I- it was a choice. It was a choice. Yeah, they, I, I, I feel like they were going with the with the makeup thing to make them look undead, right? Where really unnecessary. They could have just gave them all <laughs> fangs and I would have been fine. Like, I didn't yeah. need any of the makeup. 
and that some shadow and some shadow under their eyes or something. And they did they did do that for one of the guys, uh, the police officer when yeah. he turns. He looked he fine. Didn't have, he looked great. Who did his makeup in comparison to the others? Um, and then also, um, Blackula sometimes was a little. My man was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> he was oh no honestly I, I thought sweating. it but I wasn't gonna bring it up <laughs> and I'm kinda happy that you did uh, Mans was dripping through the whole movie and I'm not talking about the cape I'm not talking about the cape they couldn't have dabbed him down that was <laughs> that felt a little bit disrespectful cause I was like you know y'all know he's 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 visibly <laughs> moist he's visibly he's perspiring he's melting before my eyes i know you see this and i know uh the girl who's doing all those scenes with him was probably like can we have a t- can we get a towel <laughs> just a quick uh, just dab him down i it was just and i'm sure what it was is that he was probably his his costume looked hot. He had on yeah. like this full suit and a cape and he was running around doing the most. So I understand. And also on sets with lights, you can't have the AC on because you'll pick well, it up. Well, it's 1970. Like how good were their ACs on set then anyway? You know, well, like probably he- just a fan, a portable fan. Yeah. Um, I, that I honestly <laughs> jokes aside. Jokes aside, it's so it's so bad. It's so bad. I I, I yeah. let him go for that one because of all those factors. I'm like, I'm sure mm-hmm. Mans was just hot as hell in the scenes and was sweating. Like I'm a sweater myself, so I would have been the same. I would have been just as 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 runny as our as our boy Dr- uh, Blackula was. And yeah, it'd be hot on set um, sometimes. It do it do be hot. But I said this man is African royalty. <laughs> can we get him a handkerchief please i yeah but and it's only sometimes it's not the entire movie i just that i think that's why i noticed it because there were certain scenes where they were like very um it, it, particularly like the intimate scenes where they would like get in really close to each of their faces and i would see hers and she looked matte. And then, you know, it would come back to him. And I think that's why I noticed it. But yeah, it's not his fault. I just thought it was interesting that nobody, like, they didn't try and help him. Um, but speaking of the love interest, um, I thought I liked that whole storyline as well of her looking exactly like his wife. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting how she was like, t-pain sprung on him all of a sudden like Mm -hmm. which and i and i chalk some of that up to like he's a vampire and maybe he just charmed her you know really really well and that's why she like fell in love with him crazy fast um but i did like their whole storyline and i loved how it ended up I didn't love it. It was actually kind of sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I, I thought it was an interesting choice because I, I think in a way this movie is interesting because of how it plays out. You're rooting for Blackula, but you're also rooting for like Gordon and Michelle who are like his, you know, his foils in this movie. You kind of are rooting for all of them because you like 
their characters, you know, and you see where all of them are coming from. So I did like that. Like, I liked that there were times when I was like, no, I want Blackula to succeed. But then there were other times when I was like, get him, Gordon. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you got him. So, yeah, I, I did like that aspect. And I gasped. I like that. When when she um got shot, Tina, mm-hmm. who is the girl that looks like his wife, his dead wife. When Tina got shot, I gasped aloud. <laughs> I was not expecting it. Because the man, the boy, the cop goes up, closes his eyes, and says, oh boy, I hope I, I, hope I hit him, and then shot her. I was like, oh my god. This like, is going to be a woeful tale. I couldn't believe that. I said, kill him. At this point, kill the whole squad. And it was funny watching him, like, <laughs> all the ways that he was going around the warehouse killing all the cops he's like throwing barrels at them from like above and just picking them up and tossing them down the stairs og donkey kong versus mario just chucking wheelbarrows that's what i thought thought of too oh my god it was funny he made killing people look easy like he would backhand (laughs) somebody and they'd be dead like all right immediately death yeah he he could do he had like insane strength because mm-hmm. yeah he would he would just grab someone and they would like their necks would be like and, they would be, <laughs> and their spines were broken immediately <laughs> from a combat perspective again 70s movie i let a lot of shit slide I like I let, I let i let so it. much shit slide in this film but i loved I laughed, watching them fight <laughs> i laughed during almost every fight just because they look so sick like even from the beginning bits when he's fighting all the vampires and they're just mm-hmm. back and forth indiana jones punching each other I'm like this looks it's so, so silly. funny i love watching all of them fight one of my favorite ones is when um gordon and the police officer are like doing their big blow out with the vampires and is it the one that the jumps lamps. off the, the, the yes that one <laughs> so there's a vampire that jumps off and tries to get gordon and gordon like kind of jukes him out but my favorite part is then the the vampire falls on the ground and gordon jumps on top of the vampire but the way he jumps he like arches his back so he's completely like parallel <laughs> to the vampire. It looked like it looked like Gordon was giving this vampire the people's elbow. Like <laughs> it was so it's, good. It's perfect. And he and he lands with the stake in his heart. Oh my God. And his feet are like lifted up off the ground. Oh it so was good. Poetry. That whole sequence, oh my God. I it deserves an award in and of itself. I'll tell you that for free. That sequence was my, probably one of my favorite moments in the movie. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of fun moments in this movie. Like when you when you let yourself go and you just watch it. There's a lot of this movie that's just fun, and I can yeah. definitely see what the appeal and why this movie got as much love as it did because it's so much fun. Like it, it's such a fun movie. Oh, um, yeah. I, I wanted to go back to something though, because I did find it interesting. Um, your feelings about the love stuff, because I'm going to be real with you. Tina frustrated the fuck out of me. The oh, yeah, whole yeah. movie. I was mm-hmm. so frustrated with that character. She was a strange character. She it was, was weird. There, I, I think it was two things. The, the first was just this, the quick shift of 
the Tina that we see when she first meets Blackula and he comes up to her and she instinctively knows to run away from this man who's approaching her in the dead of night, run all the way home, fuck well, her he purse. Like, he grabbed her. Yeah. Yeah. He, he yeah. was grabbing her. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And yeah, she yeah. knew instantly what to do. She got her ass home. She locked the door. She grabbed a knife. She was super resourceful and knew that, like, I am not getting swooped up by this dude tonight. And then he pops in the next day with her purse and everything's fine she's just like oh yeah well you, you kind of frightened me and he's like oh my bad i wasn't trying to do that and she's like okay well come have drinks and dinner with my friends like yeah. what the fuck it's my it's my sister's bo- my sister's birthday will you join us i was like um cinderella will you chill you don't <laughs> know this man first of all i don't know what he said to her I-, I mean we find out what he said to her but within the span of three seconds he's able to say hey here's your purse you dropped it when i was chasing you the other day but i just thought you were so beautiful i didn't mean to scare you and she's like wow Come and have a drink with me. And then from that moment on, she's in love with him. Smitten with him. Smitten with him. And and for me, I was annoyed by it because I'm okay. Here's the thing is I'm okay with the idea that either he charms her because that's Mm -hmm. a thing that vampires can do, that he charms her to the point where she's just under his spell now and she's just going along with the motions. I'm okay with that. I'm even okay with her actually being the reincarnation of his wife and Mm -hmm. some of that influencing why she's so smitten by him and why she has this connection to him. I'm okay with both of these things. My issue is that the movie never establishes either of those two things. Yeah, We never get the reason for why she's so smitten with him. She just is. And yeah, yeah. That was what was frustrating about it because I was like, there's no, this doesn't make sense to me. I, I really just couldn't let it go for the whole movie. It's like, why is she doing this? Like, the movie's expecting me to come up with these reasonings on my own where I feel like this is one of those things that you probably should establish. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think I like the concept of it more than the execution because I, I was hoping that we would get more of her um, like throughout the movie, more of Luva. And so when I was like, oh, okay, there's Tina who looks exactly like her. But yeah, they t- they kind of take Tina from being this like cool... Cool, like cool bad bitch in the beginning and then as soon as she talks to him all of a sudden she's like oh i'm all about him even when he tells her he was like yo so what's going on is i'm dead i'm a vampire you are my wife and she's like oh okay are you sure and he's like i'm dead i'm dead fucking serious and she's like okay and then but she's just like oh i don't know if i want to be a, a vampire um yeah, because the way that they play it, they really are playing it like she really does love him, but there just hasn't been enough time. Like, it just doesn't make sense with what happened to her earlier. And even at the end, even up until the end, that's, I think, when I was the most confused is because at the end, it's like he's he's like mind controlling her almost because he's like he's like gpsing her he's -hmm. like leading her to where he's at and so she's very obviously in a trance but then she gets there and 
at first I was like, oh, okay, so now she's herself again. But she wasn't. She was still in a trance, at least from the way the actress was portraying it. Mm -hmm. She was still in a trance. And up until she got shot, she was. And so I was... Yeah, it's it was just very confusing. I almost I think I would have preferred it if she was legitimately his wife and he, and she just had to like remember. Yeah. But and it almost felt like they were hinting at that, but then they totally like um threw that whole that whole idea away once more events started to happen. It's like they almost forgot that that was a thing and then now she's just Tina again. And she's just like crying all the time. I don't know. I wish they had done more with her character because um, she just kind of became like nothing but his obsession. Yeah. That was like what she became after a while. She was just the guy, the girl that he was obsessed with. And I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> how'd you feel? How'd you feel about uh, Gordon? Dr. I liked Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. I liked Gordon. I thought he was cool. I liked that he was about his business. He was trying to get it done. He did not give a fuck. Like, I loved how he would just storm into people's offices and be like, where's my thing? I needed it <laughs> yesterday and it's not here. You know, and like, I liked that he was, he, like, he very obviously had a purpose throughout this whole film, but he still had his own personality. Right. I, I, I really enjoyed Gordon and Michelle's relationship. I preferred watching their relationship that, to watching Tina and um, Blackula's relationship because Gordon and Michelle were their own characters, and I, and I understood why they were together. Like, it made sense to me that the two of them would be together. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I especially love the scene where he brings her to the cemetery. <laughs> And he and he digs up the body and opens the the casket and the the vampire jumps out obviously because he's not dead but Michelle doesn't know that and she's like oh my god you killed him and she's like having him having a breakdown and he's like nah 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 he was already he was already dead he's fine <laughs> he's mm-hmm. fine I like I liked that whole thing yeah but I, I, I like their dynamic they it was they cool. were they were they were a team they had that that team quality to him and i enjoyed watching that mm-hmm. and yeah he he was cool too like he was a nice i'm like trying to think like was he like he's the foil to blackula in a way kind of mm-hmm. but he's more just like the opposition yeah i guess i don't because think technically, any of them are the villains like i don't picture any of them as the villains i feel like dracula was the villain yeah, like, dracula is definitely <laughs> the villain i think between uh, the doctor and Blackula, like Blackula is the villain in this sense because he is mm-hmm. killing people right. and turning them into vampires. Like he is definitely, uh, he's definitely the bad guy in regards to the living, but mm-hmm. we also know why. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we do know why he's doing it, uh, but he just can't help himself. Yeah. He literally he's, just can't help himself. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, whatever. He, all right. There there was one thing with the vampire stuff that mm-hmm. I was curious about because this also was strange to me mm-hmm. is when he gets his picture taken and we know because we know vampires that he's not going to appear in the picture, right? Right. And so he then goes off and follows Nancy and ends up killing her and getting rid of that particular picture so like she can't reveal it. I was confused there because... I don't know how he knew that he wasn't going to appear in that picture. 
Gotcha. Yeah, like how did he know the vampire lore since yeah. he's from the year 1780? Like, yeah. Like, how did he, how was he aware that he just wasn't going to pop up in a picture? Like, he just had so much knowledge about vam- about being a vampire from his, like, two days out of his coffin. Yeah. The way that I made it make sense in my mind is that I feel like the thing that was, like, th- irritating him when she was taking pictures of him was the flash. And I feel like that's why he left. But then I feel like he went after her anyway because maybe he didn't want to be in pictures at all. So, like, if she had pictures of him, which she did, he was like, I don't want my picture. Although I don't, I mean, he probably wouldn't have known what the fuck a camera is. Maybe he was just like, you irritated me (laughs) and I want to kill you for it. Maybe that's why, I mean, because her house was right next to the club. So maybe he was just like, you know what? I'm going to follow you. And and then when he got there and bit her, he was like, oh, so, oh, I'm not in the picture. (laughs) I'm going to take this. Uh, Yeah, I don't know, because I guess he wouldn't have even known what what was going on. But I wonder if it was maybe just one of those things where the light of it was so bright, it was irritating him. And then maybe just from there, he decided to follow her because he does have a habit of like people that irritate him he just kills them because he did the same thing with like the 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 taxi yeah the the taxi driver and stuff so i wonder if maybe that played a role in it and and she like left by her she went off by herself and maybe he was just like oh this is easy this is like an easy kill it's probably just a case of i'm overthinking it because they didn't (laughs) think about it And I can kind of accept that for what it is. Now, one thing that I did really want to talk about, though, is um, Sam, the morgue worker. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Like, I I want to take a second here to both talk about Sam and to talk about taxi cab vampire lady for a bit here. (laughs) Yeah. Gordon's relationship with. All of the different people that he comes in contact with is so funny and so interesting to me, especially his and Sam's, because they they obviously work together fairly often. Mm -hmm. And Gordon is just so over Sam's bullshit. And like, like, (laughs) the way that they interacted with each other was just like, it was just funny to me. So it's like, Sam, get your shit together, man. I got investigations I'm trying to finish. I got murders I'm trying to solve here. I ain't got time for all this nonsense. Yeah. Like, like, and how he knew. Like, Gordon knew. Because Gordon called Sam and was like, make sure you lock the door. Mm. Which he... Which okay. he... Yeah, I wanted... Yes, I really wanted to talk about this part. Because I am convinced that this was just a continuity thing that they did not care about or just didn't catch. But mm-hmm. my man, for how for how nonsensical Sam could be at times, my man's definitely locked that door. He did when he left the room. Like he, we saw him take the keys out. Now, granted, in the shot, we don't see him put the key into the lock, lock it, and walk away. We don't see that, but we do see him close the door take the keys out of his pocket, start going to lock it, and then we cut back to her slowly melting vampire body like six times. Yeah. So when we get to the shot, now there's a very famous scene in this movie 
that everybody knows. It's one of the scenes that like was the scene in this movie was the vampire opening the door and then running full blast slow motion at Sam <laughs> in the morgue, which I get for the time was probably super cool because the whole technology behind slow motion and all that stuff was probably still in the baby stages. So having that there was like, holy shit. Right. But the lead up to it to me was just so nonsensical that I was so distracted by it because a homeboy, like I said, definitely locked that door. However, when we cut yes. back to that scene, you can very clearly see that the door is slightly open and ajar. And the way she just flings that shit open and starts running down the hall screaming, I lost it. When is, I say I lost oh it, Erica, God. I lost it. Talk about talk about the get out running challenge. She <laughs> the way she booked down that hall. And I was also confused because um I could have sworn, did she not come out of a different room? Then, because I thought when he locked the door, he was right by the phone. It was like he came out of the door, he answered the phone, and then he locked that door that he had just come out of. But then when she comes out, she's in the room all the way down the hallway, and he's at I'm, the phone. I'm not. Sh I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I I think that part was okay. Like I think the the morgue room itself, wherever she was. Mm -hmm. might have been a distance away because I think what happens is when we cut away from Sam before he locks the door, it, I think he like goes, uh, I don't know. So uh, that's what, I, so I, I like that, that part didn't distract me. I can't well, say for sure whether or not it was, but like, mm -hmm. I didn't catch that, that part I didn't see, but there was well, also a lot yeah. going on. So I might've been distracted. I guess I was just using that as like, Oh, maybe he locked the wrong door. Like I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, that continuity, continuity is weird, but more so I was like, oh, well, maybe he was confused by the request because Gordon doesn't really tell him. He's just like, hey, yo, bring that lady out, let her thaw and lock the door. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. He, he kept it real, <laughs> real quiet and real like succinct. And Sam's like, OK. So I was like, well, maybe Sam was confused and he locked a door and and so maybe that explains why or maybe dude i don't know all i know is that woman <laughs> she was going ran straight for him sam somehow didn't hear her the running all the way time. down the hallway <laughs> until she was inside of his neck what, screaming she was at the top of her lungs <laughs> at the top of by her the way lungs. she and was took already all the way to drinking the him second. dry by the time that <laughs> sam turned around and was like whoa yeah um all right i felt <laughs> i was just like they're really taking people out left and right in this movie and then they and then yeah they get there and sam is gone but i love i love that <laughs> i love that when they get there sam is gone but she has taken the time to get herself back onto the the little slab, covered herself with a with the, with the sheet, so that when they came in, the the police chief would take the sheet off of her, and she could sneak attack him. Oh my I just, god! I said the dedication, the long con that the she commitment. Took. The commitment, and then the whole scene with her and the doctor. 
I couldn't help but laugh, yo, because like, yo, bless this actress's heart. Um, she she was fully committed. You could see it. Like she was giving it her all. But tell me why her being pushed back by the cross and just like screaming and like sobbing and stuff. Tell me why that sounded like a dog that got hit by a door and is <laughs> running down the hallway. <laughs> what do you mean? How she was like, oh. The way she was yelping, I just yeah. like this is too much. Like I can't, uh, I can't take this seriously. The awkwardness too of because I kind of felt like they were both standing there, like, okay, are you gonna? Well, and the thing about the vampires in this movie is it's not like they don't get hit by sunlight and like immediately burst into flame or anything. Yeah, they, have, they have to like act it out that yeah. they're that they're in pain. They had to play it themselves which Mm -hmm. i get you're gonna have to put a little bit extra oomph in it but (laughs) they could have sped it up though i said maybe you should maybe you guys should have made it where as soon as they get hit by day by sun it's almost like stuns them and then they die instead of them suffering for like a full-on minute and then just collapsing and and you can tell gordon's like waiting to say his line because she's like oh oh and then she finally falls over and he's like I told you. That's what I couldn't tell you about. The crucifix hurt her. (laughs) Like, (laughs) sunlight harms them. I was like, whoa. (laughs) The pacing. (laughs) But you know what, though? That that brings in one more thing that I have to bring up, too, since we're Mm -hmm. in the realm of continuity stuff. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly sure that Gordon (laughs) and his homie show up at the morgue in the dead of night like it is pitch black <laughs> night, and in the time it takes for them to walk in, look around the place, get into the room, and get ambushed, it is the middle of the day when he opens those blinds. I'm mm. like, how long were y'all investigating this goddamn morgue for? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's definitely they like arrive <laughs> late in the evening. They arrive the, at midnight, and yeah. somehow by the time they open up the blinds, is noon. Yeah, the sun is like freshly rising, and it's shining perfectly through the blinds i mean obviously it's like not they they used like lights or whatever but it's just funny like (laughs) the way that the scene was they definitely could have made it a day scene yeah but they were like oh well we have to shoot all of this tonight it's just it's so funny oh also too i wanted to mention did you catch when um, Gordon was talking to the police chief and the police chief tried to blame what was happening on the Black Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like <laughs> the nerve. I said, uh, have they done something like this before? Drained people of their blood? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a common practice for the Panthers? <laughs> like, Is this something okay. that we just don't know because we're too young? Is like, yeah. Is this something that was going on? A big issue? <laughs> yeah. You know, we're fighting for our freedoms here, but them damn Black Panthers keep draining Those everybody of their blood. Panthers. If we could only get them back. to stop. <laughs> I, but they, they did have some ridiculous because they also thought it was rats. Mm-hmm. He was like, it's a rat bite. And Gordon was like, bitch, what? <laughs> What kind the of rat? S- <laughs> the side eye. 
Oh my god, I love Gordon. I, like the more yeah. I talk about Gordon, I actually love that character. He's, He's awesome. <laughs> he gives so many good moments. I think you know before we you know uh, lean towards the end here, it's probably a good idea to kind of talk about the black exploitation era and like why this movie's kind of important for mm-hmm. its time. So we've we've talked about this a little bit in our horror noir episode. But the black exploitation era is essentially period of time between 1971 and 1976, 77-ish, where there were a lot of black people on screen, mostly because a lot of white families had moved out of the city and moved into the suburbs, therefore leaving a lot of black people in the inner city where all the movie theaters were, and movie sales were drastically down. I believe uh, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song was probably the first of the black exploitation movies that came out, and I think like maybe like Shaft and, mm-hmm. and Coffee came out after that, and like this Blackula falls within this era, right? And the weird thing about this era is, I think you find a lot of mixed opinions about it, and I was kind of curious about your thoughts about it, Erica, because mm-hmm. we both didn't get to live through it, right? But conceptually i see where the double-edged sword is right we're Mm -hmm. we're transitioning from a period where black people only got to play servants or you know uh, supporting roles outside of a couple outlier actors like sydney poitier and you know people were fed up of not seeing themselves on screen right Mm -hmm. so then we get this five-year period where almost 200 movies get made with black people in them and we're finally on screen and we're finally within the business however it comes with the caveat that not only do these movies have way less funding than your than your average movie would have but it also has all the characters fitting a very specific stereotype where all the black dudes are either criminals or pimps, and then all the women are either badass action heroes or prostitutes or hoes. And so even though we have black people on screen, we also have black people on screen setting up this idea that black people are only pimps and hoes. Mm-hmm. It, it's a weird it's a weird dynamic, right? Because you kind of you you needed it to happen. Because you needed the industry to open up to black people. We needed we needed to see black people in leading roles that sold really well and made money. Otherwise, the industry wasn't going to change. But then you get a lot of people seeing all these images of black people doing these specific things. And now they're starting to attribute all these stereotypes to black people, which weren't necessarily true. But because of the way the genre played out, that's what people were starting to think. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, I'm curious about like where where do you where do you stand on like the do you think that the black exploitation era era was a bad thing? Do you think it was a good thing? Like what, how did you feel about it? Well, okay, so well, first of all, like black exploitation in and of itself is like a subdivision of like the exploitation film, right? Which is like uh you know, exploiting current trends and, like, genres, or it has, like, very um, risque content to get critical attention, which 
still falls into black exploitation. But I do think the difference between that black exploitation had was a lot of the movies do kind of have this underlying message of almost like sticking it to the man mm-hmm. or like uh, kind of like an F you to <laughs> to um, things that normally put black people down in a, in a way. And I think that we do see that in Blackula as well. There's like lines in here that were surprisingly poignant to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um that I was not expecting to see in this film. So my thoughts on it are, I think that, like, I understand that perpetuating into the stereotype is kind of, it kind of gets you right back to where you started from in the sense where it's like, okay, now people are always going to think this of us. But at the same time, if if that was going to be the stereotype anyway, and that was all that black people were going to be allowed to play i would rather that money go into black people's pockets like i'd rather see a full cast of black people or have it be directed by a black director mm-hmm. you know at like this movie was and have them profit off of that and get jobs from it and have people see people that look like them on screen than not and I do think that some of these movies have bigger underlying messages, whether people want to see them or not. Not everything is like that. Some of them are just exploitation films and have, you know, and that's what they are. And they were just a cash grab. And, you know, it is what it is what it is. But <laughs> but I mean, like, they, yeah, like we got we got a lot of cool things from this era. I mean, like Blackula is one of them. We have a black Dracula, right? Like that's the first insane black, for the time. Yeah, the first black vampire. Yeah. on screen and that's that's huge and that came from the black exploitation era we got shaft we got that's pam shaft. greer's entire career basically <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and she's actually in this the sequel in the sequel mm-hmm. i do think that there is something powerful in going to perhaps being a child of this time and going to a movie theater and seeing someone like shaft on the screen mm-hmm. and that is empowering you know and yeah not every movie is going to be like that and a lot of the characters you know may play into harmful stereotypes or caricatures of themselves but i do think that this time was important and i do think that it's good that it happened because like I said, it's like sometimes you have to fight your way in any way you can. And at the time, it may not be the way that you want to, and it may not be what everybody wants to see, Mm -hmm. but you are fighting your way in. And then when you get in, you make what you want to make, you know? That's true. That's true. So yeah, I don't know. I think that, I think that there is power within these movies. I definitely do. And yeah, same. I I like I enjoyed this movie and would be interested in watching more black exploitation movies because I haven't seen a ton of them, but I would be interested in watching more and seeing like the grand scope of things. I mean, I I could kind of see this whole era being slightly cathartic too. um, When you think about it, it's just like there was so much anger, I think, happening during this time, Mm -hmm. especially for black people that getting to go to a movie theater and just watch black people beat 
<laughs> for lack of better terms, like beat up the man and like mm-hmm. fight back for a little bit. Like that probably felt really good to go see in a time where you feel like you were being oppressed and that there was so much violence around you that there's kind of this form of escapism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. It definitely is something like you watch things and you don't think about like, oh, I wonder how it felt making this movie. I wonder how it felt acting this character or like going and seeing this movie at the time. Mm-hmm. I think there's something about giving black people the vehicle to say some crazy shit, but because it's a black exploitation movie, it maybe it gets a pass, you know, and talk to people however they want to talk to people and be cool cats and, you know, do whatever. I, I, I enjoy that. Like, I enjoy watching that. I'm not going to pretend like there's not things wrong with the genre because there definitely are. And I'm not going to pretend that it was like the best thing at the time. But I do think that it was the smart thing at the time. Yeah. Like, you know, because if that's the way, you know, if that's what you were allowed to put out at the time, then do, you know, do what you can with that, you know, small victories. (laughs) (laughs) All Um, right. On that note, shall we do the thing? Let's do the thing. Let's do the thing. Oh, also, Undercover Brother is like one of my favorite. (laughs) Right. I I fucking love that movie. (laughs) Uh, I watch that movie any day of the week. That movie's so good. If you guys want to see a good black exploitation comedy, <laughs> Undercover Brother is a good one. Okay, all right, we're getting distracted. <laughs> let's, rate, <laughs> let's rate the movie. Um, okay. What should we rate Blackula out of? Ooh, uh, okay. Um, we could rate it out of afros. We could rate it out of fake punches. We could rate it out of barrels. Um. What else is in this movie? Mm. Out of crucifixes. Uh. Can we can rate it out of skillets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one. Skillets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, but if we're gonna do it, it has to be big skillets. Big skillets, yeah. We'll rate it out of big skillets. <laughs> do you want to go first? <laughs> uh, okay. All right, so I think for this movie, I think I'm going to settle at 3.8 big skillets out of five. Mm. Yeah, 3.8. And here, here's my reasoning for it. So I have a lot of issues with the movie from a, from a movie-making standpoint. Even, even watching it through the this-is-a-70s movie lens – like there's just there's a couple of things in there that are very distracting for me as somebody who's like very um, aware when watching films. However, I still love this movie, and it's it's strange to me that I love it as much as I do. But watching it is so much fun. Talking about it is so much fun. And personally, I think I could watch this movie like ten more times. And still get the same enjoyment that I got initially on my first watch on the 10th watch. There's just something about it. This movie's got a particular charm to it that I just can't shake. William Marshall's performance as Blackula is absolutely fantastic. He 100% killed that role. Deserves every bit of credit that he got for it. And I think without him... This movie wouldn't have the same appeal and charm that it does, but I respect 
how much work and effort this highly trained theatrical actor brought to this kind of nonsensical idea and then made it a movie that I think will just live on history for a very long time. So very fun movie, um, very enjoyable, also a very important movie for the times. I think a very important movie for black people in horror in general. And yeah, some of the stuff didn't age well. Some of the writing didn't age well. There are some things that I'm kind of like, eh, I wish we could have taken out. But for what it is, I think 3.8 big skillets out of five for me. (laughs) Um, I am going to completely agree. I think 3.8 big skillets as well. Because I, I... it's been, it grew. It grew on me. <laughs> this movie is a grower, not a shower. Um, <laughs> no, but really, because I, the more that I thought about this movie, the more that we talked about it, it's just so much fun. And mm-hmm. at first I watched it and I said, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch this again. Then hours later, I was like, I could watch that. I could. I could watch that again. I might actually watch it again because it's just so much fun. Everybody in this, so many of the characters in this movie are just bleeding black excellence to me. Like they're so cool. I love the things that they do. I, I don't love everything that they say, but that is just, you know, things have aged, times have changed. Mm -hmm. And, But I think the heart of this movie is much more than what the movie is. Like, I think it has a much more to say than what you might see on the surface. But even more so than that, the surface of it is still fun. And Mm -hmm. the surface of it is still a good time. There's so many things that I've been thinking about with this movie that I have to give it credit for. And... Oh my God, I don't know. I just loved it. Like, I just had such a blast from beginning to end. I was like enamored with this movie. I could not mm-hmm. look away. And, and William Marshall, look, Big Willie <laughs> never missed in this movie. Never <laughs> missed. He was so good in this movie. Like, anytime that he was on camera, I just, he just commanded. He just commanded the film. Like, I, wanted to hear every word that left his mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just you know, I just have to you know you have to give him his credit and you have to give the filmmaker um filmmaker William Crane, yeah. Yes, William Crane. I have to give him his credit. Everybody in this movie, it, it's just great. It's great. It's a good time. <laughs> yeah, it, it really, it really is. It really is. Mm-hmm. And also props to everybody involved in the film. Um, for getting this movie made in the first place. Like mm-hmm. that that in and of itself deserves props and credits. The fact that they were able to make this movie um during a very weird, interesting time for black folk in the entertainment industry, and to have it mean so much to people thir- almost 30 years later. Wait, that math is wrong. 50 years later? <laughs> <laughs> almost 50 years later. Yeah. Bruh. Bruh. Good. It's insane. Yeah. Props to y'all. Props to y'all for that. And what they did for the genre, we got so many things from this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that for that alone, it gets points. You know, for that alone, I was already going to come in giving it 
its points. Mm-hmm. That didn't necessarily mean I was going to like the film because there's many horror films that have done great things for the genre that I'm not particularly a huge fan of, but I can right, respect right. them. But this movie came through for me. It really did. <laughs> it really did. I was like, thank God. I liked it as much as I did. <laughs> so yeah, 3.8. Big skillets, y'all. Big skillets. Who'd have thunk we would be here? Blackula. <laughs> uh, so now we have to watch Scream, Blackula Scream. We obviously. do. We do. It's definitely locked in. That's good. Obviously. Hopefully we love it as much as we love this one. <laughs> but I will say, yeah, I still agree with, I still stand by what we said in the beginning. Every, I think that this should just be one to watch if you are into the horror genre at all. I think that... Blackula is, it should be put into your rotation sometime. So yeah, it's currently on YouTube, the full movie, the first and the second one, actually. So Yeah, I think so. So they're both currently on YouTube in their entirety. You just have to watch some ads. And it's good quality because it's like YouTube's version. So yeah, that's it, homies. For our Blackula talk today, please let us know what you homies think of this movie, if you've seen it, if you plan on seeing it. Also, what you guys think about the black exploitation era. I would enjoy having a conversation about that. I would like to know different thoughts and perceptions on it. Um, Also, homies, be sure to follow us on social media all month long. We're doing some black history business going to be posting some different things on there so if you would like to follow us along on that journey you can find us we are homies of horror on all social media um if you would like to email us if you have any business inquiries um we are homies of horror at gmail.com and last but not least if you really feel like it and you really want to You could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would very, very much appreciate it. And we would love to hear from you guys. Ratings or reviews are always welcome. So, yeah, homies. Other than that, we are done for today. We hope you have a great rest of your week. And we will be seeing you next Monday. Catch you later, homies. Bye.